0: We present the News Quiz with your host, Sandy Toksvig. Hello and welcome to the News Quiz, this
1: week coming from Dorking as part of the Arts Alive Festival, and we start with a cutting from the Telegraph, read by Charlotte Green.
0: The unveiling of Noah's Ark art project at Baden-Powell and St. Peter's Middle School in Poole was abandoned after the school was flooded following heavy rain. <laughs> Now, thanks to Robert Fowle for sending that in.
1: Now, let's meet the teams. Will you welcome first, on my right, Andy Hamilton and Clive Anderson. And opposite them, on my left, Jeremy Hardy and Fred McCauley. Andy, I'm going to make it really easy for you this week. For two points, what's your first question? (laughs) (laughs) What what do you think that the topic that everybody goes, oh, that'll be the first question? Is it Wavy Davy? It is Wavy Davy. That's two points for Andy. (laughs) This
2: is Wavy Davy Cameron, who was uh, in charge of the Tory conference this week, and it was a a polished performance, and that was just his face. Um, and he's, he's managed, I mean, it's an extraordinary thing. He's managed to transform the Conservative Party so that it's no longer the Conservative Party. It is now a New Labour tribute band. <laughs> um, and he, he, he complimented Tony Blair on just about everything he'd done. The only place where he took issue with Tony Blair was he said he, he wanted to move away from government by sofa. Now, I feel the way things have gone in recent years, being governed by a sofa is quite an attractive proposition. <laughs> um, I'd say that generally items of furniture tend to make fewer mistakes than people do.
3: This is madness. You want the country to be run by, what, three easy chairs and a
2: poof? Yeah.
1: <laughs> three easy chairs and a poof? That's like a very small cabinet meeting with Peter Mandelson taking notes. I think that's... <laughs> Okay. Thank you. It just made a difference, though, Cameron. I mean, there was that sort of decade, wasn't there, of Tory decline, when we had all those bald and baby-faced, useless men. And now, at least, we've got a baby-faced, useless man with hair. And I think that yeah. <laughs> Steady.
4: <laughs>
0: Steady. <Yeah. laughs> in the minorities.
4: Speaking
3: as a William Hague tribute band myself... <laughs> <laughs>
4: I
5: don't know if I'm getting old, but I find it hard to hate David Cameron. I just feel like anybody who is so loathed by so many conservatives can't be all bad.
1: <laughs> Quick supplementary question. Which Tory had to eat humble pie for promoting pies?
3: Oh, this was always the same Boris. answer. It's always the same question. It's always Boris yeah, Johnson. The answer the answer. Boris Johnson. Yeah. He wants us to eat uh, Jamie Oliver, which I think is perfectly good. <laughs> good policy.
2: I think he's the thinking woman's John Prescott, isn't he?
1: Uh, The first question was, indeed, about the Conservative Conference, which was held in Bournemouth this week, as David Cameron attempted to reposition the Tories as a more caring, sharing political party. And it was Boris Johnson who apologised for criticising Jamie Oliver's healthy eating campaign and hailed the chef, in the end, as the messiah. Um, (laughs) LAUGHTER uh, so Andy gets two points and Clive gets Ben's point. And indeed, Clive also gets the next question. Whose search for the ugly side of the beautiful game has gone into extra time?
3: Ah, ah, yes. All the money in the country is now owned by football players' agents. Oh, right. And there's some suspicion hangs over a small 99% of transfers. Uh, <laughs> and so an in-depth inquiry has been launched by Lord Stevens, who used to be the top policeman in London. And he's been watching Panorama, which uh, uh, gave him all the evidence anyway, but, uh, not, but not quite enough. Uh, so he needs another three months in the hope that the BBC do another programme on it. And. Uh, <laughs> But it's all—it's all—it's um, money. It's, uh, the love of money is the root of all evil no. And football. is much, but it was amateur, hmm. and they were only paid twenty pounds and Jimmy Hill a week, and that was fine. It was destroyed by that. Do
1: you know? I once stood in. This is actually true. I once stood in at the very last minute, and it turned out to be the Football Association annual dinner, and I was standing in for Sir Alec Ferguson. <laughs>
6: <laughs> so, did you just go on stage and mumble? Yeah, I I'm in
1: Maybe that's why I was such a hit. They'd never heard a consonant before. <laughs>
5: <No>. <laughs> Lord Stevens, isn't he supposed to be doing the conspiracy theory that Princess Diana was murdered inquiry thing as well? Yeah, but you now know?
1: apparently he's found out that she was done in by Harry Redknapp. <laughs> Eight premiership football teams face two more months of questioning by former Metropolitan Police Commissioner Lord Stevens, who is investigating allegations of a bung culture between clubs and football agents. The football transfer market is open in July, August, and January, and they also sell handmade soap and baby clothes. (laughs) Fred, which PC wouldn't walk his beat because it wasn't PC?
6: I think this is a Muslim Bobby who was deployed from one part of London to another for displaying signs of being able to think for himself. No. And they're not having none of that. And so Serene Blair, who's the current uh, head of the... What did the you Metapropa, say then? Oh, the current?
4: Government.
6: Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine a Scot not rolling his R's. A current uh, Serene Blair... Actually, decided... Blair. Hmm? Serena Blair. <laughs> Serena Blair, yeah. Yeah.
3: What do you mean he's the current head? Do you know that he's being sacked
6: tomorrow? Sort of? No, all right. Let like me... Here's my current wife. He <laughs> is he is, he's the head of the, of the police. My current wife, <laughs> Serena Blair, <laughs> uh, has decided that, uh, as he does in all crises, that he'll have an inquiry. And the only th- differential is whether it's an urgent inquiry or just an ordinary inquiry. And to determine whether it should be urgent or not, they have an inquiry. But I think there are various other religions in, in the Met, aren't there? There's definitely Church of England, I believe. Masons. Masons. Catholic. <laughs> there's, there's even some Free Presbyterian Church of Scotland police down here, and they'll look after any embassy, uh, <laughs> as long as it's double time and a day off in loo. <laughs>
1: I suppose, if you're in the diplomatic protection... was it? Diplomatic protection core, is it? Yeah, right? something like
6: that. Yeah. I think it's pronounced core. Core.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is a wonderful image of your Christmas bonus being a thousand Faro Roche. <laughs> Uh, The Metropolitan Police Commissioner, Sir Ian Blair, has called for an urgent review into the decision to excuse the Muslim policeman Alexander Omar Bashar from guarding London's Israeli embassy. The Metropolitan Police Deputy Commissioner, Paul Stevenson, said that the move was to do with risk assessment and was not actually about political correctness. Since the news broke, the Association of Catholic Policemen have announced that they have a moral objection to policing gay events, while gay policemen have issued a statement saying they have a moral objection to policing Madonna concerts because they're so 1995. (laughs) Actually, a quick follow-up question on that one. Which politician has displayed some bare-faced cheek? Boris
5: Johnson. This is Jack Straw being weird. This is Jack Straw being weird. Jack Straw appears to be a bit of a ladies' man, because when Muslim women come wearing a veil to his surgery, he's asking them to take it off. He's saying, hello, my dear. Perhaps we could get a little bit more comfortable. (laughs) They must think he's got some incredible powers. They think, well, I've always been very modest in my dress, Mr. Straw, but now you put it like that.
4: Oh, my
1: hijab's fallen off. Oh, and the plumber's arrived. I mean, what, what's going through <laughs> the man's mind? There is something, though, about seeing the mouth and nose of a person when you're talking. I mean, apparently that's how he can tell Tony Blair's lying. Um, it's not whether his nose is growing, but his mouth is moving, and then you can tell. So. <laughs> Uh, Muslim women in the UK who wear full veils make better, positive relations between communities more difficult. The commons leader, Jack Straw, has said he does ask them to take the veil off when he meets with them, and he has also asked all Jewish visitors to tuck into a plate of ham sandwiches.
4: <laughs> uh, so there were two
1: points to, uh, to Fred for rolling his arse, and um, one for Jeremy uh, for the bonus point. Jeremy, uh-huh. whose long goodbye tour began with, here's one I made earlier.
5: This is, I missed Blue Peter. Ordinarily, I'm quite keen, although since there was that awful scandal where Christopher Trace wore a sports jacket with slacks, I did stop watching. <laughs> um, but uh Tony Blair was on, and Connie Hook was not a very... Good questioner, I didn't think, because there was a questioner about, can you cook? And he said, well, you know, can I make good spaghetti bolognese? And she should have said, answer the question, Mr Blair. <laughs> can you make spaghetti bolognese? Can it be prepared in 45 minutes? But this is his exit strategy, is to withdraw from politics
3: gradually. Well, they could do that on Big They always used to have the tortoise that they brought out of hibernation. Okay. And they could bring Gordon Brown out of hibernation. He's been in his little box, <laughs> number 11. Let's see if he's still alive after waiting on the... <laughs> <laughs>
5: It's Gordy the tortoise. You need to, need to be on telly to see Clive do the Gordon Brown tortoise face. Yeah. It's,
3: it's quite a difficult thing to pull off, isn't it? A tortoise.
5: <laughs> That's why they've never been bred very successfully. Yeah.
2: <laughs> there was a great moment on the, the Blue Peter where um, uh, the question came in saying, "Well, who's the most famous person you've had visit in number ten Downing <laughs> Street?" He said, well, it w- would have to be uh, Nelson Mandela or-, or Bill Clinton. And then he suddenly said, has George Bush been here to uh, an hey, And you heard a voice say, yes, yes, and George Bush. Yes. He'd <laughs> obviously made quite an impression, George Bush. <laughs> He should have known that. It was all over the papers that a maniac had
5: been
1: caught in the grounds. Yeah,
4: That's very, very
1: good. Uh, So the questions were about Tony Blair Appearing on Blue Peter this week To answer children's questions about life at number 10 And he was very sweet uh, Talked about making spaghetti And showing everybody how you could make a report On weapons of mass destruction Out of empty loo rolls, sticky back plastic (laughs) And at the end of round one The scores are exactly even Andy and Clive have five And so do Jeremy and Fred We start round two with a frankly gratuitous cutting
0: from Engineering Talk. High load capacity achieved by using larger balls than standard ball screws combined with high precision shaft and nut assemblers.
1: (laughs) And I'll be honest, we've been saving that just to hear Charlotte read it. Um, (laughs) Thanks to Steve Yates for emailing that. Now then, Andy... Have a listen to this.
0: The tax taken all my gold
4: And left me in my stately home Blazing on a sunny afternoon And I can't sail my yacht He's taken everything I got All I've got's this sunny afternoon
3: that was the kinks. Yeah. I sometimes sit in for Jeremy Vine, so I know what to do at the end of those. That days. was very. Thank you, the kinks. Thanks. No, Andy Hamilton.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, Andy, who won't be sailing his yacht, lazing in his villa, or racing his horses on this sunny afternoon?
2: Is this a question that might involve the inland revenue? Uh, yes. Because I don't like answering those. Uh...
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> they get a bit. It's leary. kind
5: of the inland is it, revenue. It's the VAT, isn't it? It is. Mm. Do the VAT? I couldn't really understand it. A man got acquitted of VAT fraud, but then the Assets Recovery Agency demanded things from him, and he paid them in sort of odd things that he had, like a house and some horses. I don't know what I'd do if the VAT busted me. I'd, I'd pay them in a shed. <laughs> um, a daughter, I suppose. <laughs> It's weird, VAT, though, because let's say we do that. We're self-employed, us people here. So when we do the news quiz, we say, right, the BBC has to pay us £8.95 plus... Since plus,
1: when are you getting the 95 yeah.
5: <laughs> That's London waiting. £8.95?
6: Oh. Well, I get 7 50 You make it up on the travel expenses, don't,
5: like... you, <laughs> make the travel
4: expenses <laughs> don't you?
6: <laughs> the, the good news is... I get it in cash. And after I've given Harry Redknapp 75 pence, I'm still on £6.75. No, you didn't mean Harry Redknapp.
3: You meant a fictitious person who won't sue you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, you're
1: legal at every turn, aren't you? (laughs) Now I owe you my £6.75 for (laughs) that. Well, it is a marvellous story, this, of uh, British justice in action. Last year, the Irish multimillionaire Dylan Creven was found not guilty of VAT fraud. But there is this new government department, has this fantastically macho name, the Assets Recovery Agency, and they basically don't take no for an answer. They continued to pursue him in a civil action, and he had to pay over £18 million in compensation, give up a villa in Marbella, a flat in Knightsbridge, and four racehorses. And just imagine what they would have got if he'd been guilty. I mean, it's... (laughs) Just imagine the state of their office. I mean... (laughs)
5: Oh, can we keep them? <laughs> oh, God, keep them. They're
1: assets recovery. Oh, but they're cute. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's two points to Jeremy. Um, Clive, why is Big Mother bringing big business into the home?
3: I suppose the answer yeah. I don't know wouldn't get any points, would it? Uh, um, well, actually, two I points do... to Clive. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think they're more full, full answers that we don't know, either of us. Big, it's be parent,
1: I... in modern parenting. In I remember really that, yes.
3: Parents. Uh, busy parents now. Also, have cho- well, they have children? They wouldn't be parents otherwise. Uh, but uh, <laughs> the husband works, the wife works, and so they have worked out the ways to do it using business methods. They have nanny cams filming their children to see what's going on. They plan when to have the baby. It's done on you know only in the summer months to fit in with the annual vacation. This it's is just, the way we now run yeah, our lives. And, a, it's a, well,
5: well, those nanny cam things are a bit creepy. It's that if you don't quite trust the person who is looking after your children when you're at work, you can put them under surveillance.
1: I would if you don't quite trust them, maybe get somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, even cheaper than hiring, you know, some some all this tracking technology for a child miner. Why don't you just give your child to somebody with an Asbo and an ankle tag? <laughs>
2: <laughs> so what was, what was unusual about this story was that we're so. Used oh, now to... you know the story. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're...
4: Yeah. <laughs> But
2: what was interesting about it was that it, it, it was the first thing I've seen in years which said that modern parents were doing a decent job because mm. apparently parents now spend more time with their kids than they used to. Four times as much. That's yeah. right. In the old days, women
5: didn't work, but they spent all day doing pointless chores like ironing liver and things. <laughs> <laughs> Would be up till three o'clock in the morning, reorganising the empty yoghurt cartons, <laughs> and and the fridge was full of empty yoghurt pots with a single brussel sprout in them. See, so it, it would take her hours to do that. You know. Never slept, the poor woman. But I never spoke to my mum in my childhood. She was always like polishing my dad or something. Well, that's what she said. I mean. <laughs>
1: we're doing a good job. We're spending four times as long with our children. Although, uh, there are some things that are not so good uh, compared to, for example, the 1970s. Mothers in the London suburbs are far less likely to let their children play in the garden, mainly because it's now part of the M25. (laughs) Uh, But it's a report by think tank The Future Foundation and it claims that a new generation of super parents are bringing business-like attitudes and technology into family life to help juggle the demands of work and family. So that's two points to Clive. Fred, who is denying... He's got reds under the bed, reds on the bed, or reds anywhere near the bed.
6: This is a, a story, I think, that has come down with me from north of the border. It's just it? a gift for you. Excellent. It's uh, our illustrious and colourful MSP, Tommy Sheridan. Do you all know who he is? Oh it, No, one person doesn't. Uh,
5: they don't have socialists sh- in Dorking. The Countryside <laughs> Alliance got rid of them years ago. <laughs> The person who said no is the uh,
3: member of the Dorking Swingers Club, and uh, he's asked her to say that he
6: uh, doesn't yeah. know her, and she doesn't know him. I think what I'll do is run everything past Clive yes. and see yeah. what gets broadcast. He, he Told was me, not guilty of his trial. Just that... not, well, was it not a civil case? Was it not a libel case? Oh, I'm yeah, you're quite right. Guess... He, he
3: succeeded in his libel, action. Correct. Quite oh, right. I'm not uh, sure well, I'd pay
6: much for Clive as no, a lawyer, We yeah. you? <laughs> Uh, It was was, was the court court of session in Scotland, and and Tommy had been accused by the news of the world of having had extramarital affairs in a nightclub in Manchester called Cupid's, where I believe the required attire for a gentleman is a towel. (laughs) I say he's a colourful character. Well, actually, I don't say he's a colourful character, apparently. Uh, You're on your own, mate. (laughs) I will pay. Uh, uh, Are words he never used. uh...
5: Well, the fact is that he did fight... uh, He he launched a fantastic campaign to bring down the poll tax, which made it unworkable in Scotland, which precipitated the downfall of Margaret Thatcher. So I don't care if he's caught mounting a tortoise in a mosque (laughs) while bunging football managers, frankly. Which which I'd like to point out he
1: hasn't been, nor are (laughs) you uh, it was Scottish politician Tommy Sheridan who has claimed that a video in which he apparently confesses to visiting a swingers club is a fake. Uh, for those of you here in Surrey who haven't heard any of the details of this story let's start with the basics. Scotland is a quaint little country somewhere <laughs> <laughs> At the end of round two Andy and Clyde have got seven but Jeremy and Fred have shot ahead with eleven.
0: Before we start round three, here's a cutting from the Rotherham record. Rotherham Borough Council wants to build on its lucrative links with private business, this time to breathe new life into the town's cemeteries and crematorium.
1: (laughs) Now, thanks to David Pinder for sending that. Andy, who is over the moon about getting an
2: A+. This is Neil Armstrong, who always thought that he had said something that made sense. He believed that he had said, this is a small step for a man, but a giant step for mankind. But uh, when he heard himself on the TV broadcast, you know, when the word A seemed to be missing. But now, through some wizard computer jiggery-pokery, the computer has discovered that the word A is there because there's a shockwave or something. Um, I don't quite know. If you can't hear it, it seems to me that it isn't there. That's the usual rule of thumb. But... What struck me was, it's really hard on Neil Armstrong. Can you imagine the pressure? I mean, it's like giving the most pressurised after-dinner speech in the world, isn't it? Because he sat in the capsule for five hours before he came out and went down the ladder. Can you imagine what went... And what happens in those situations is you think, right, I've got exactly the line I'm going to say. And it's going to be epoch-making, historical moment. But, I mean, the sheer wonder of it, surely you're going to get the... Me, I'm on the moon. <laughs>
4: Surely,
1: which is presumably what. He one did. of those words wasn't heard. No. no, apparently though he wasn't nervous. He um, was late coming out because he wanted to finish the washing up. Apparently, he's, it's actually true. He's methodically tidy.
2: You're he, no, no, he absolutely. So to get the him other himself. two are going. Go on, Neil. can yeah. you Be the first man. The me- no, no, you're all right. I don't like leaving a messy kitchen. <laughs>
6: I was just thinking how freaked out you would be if you were the two guys in the moon and you'd gone all the trouble of tidying up and you went back in and it was all kind of roughed up a bit. Like, who did, who did that? <laughs> <laughs> was that? Was that you? Bloody, <laughs> yeah. we've been here eight hours and we've been burgled.
1: Does anybody remember when they were when they landed on the moon? What were you doing? They
5: were on the moon. <laughs> yeah, and to... I, was I was in Hollywood primary school, and I think they wheeled in an enormous television. We used to have enormous televisions on wheels in those. There'd be one, one television for the whole village.
6: <laughs> I was in uh, Basel in Switzerland in a scout camp, and we watched it in a window in one of the shops in the street.
4: Sweet. Well, that's very good. I
6: was on the grassy knoll.
1: <laughs> <laughs> What's about you, Andy?
2: Oh, I was finishing the washing up, I think. <laughs>
1: completely true. Um, I was 11 and my father was foreign correspondent for Danish television and he took us and there was no security in those days and I was standing holding Neil Armstrong's secretary's hand in mission control when he stepped out onto the moon. Okay. And how bizarre is that? I know weird, isn't it? Whoa.
3: Yeah. Now wait a minute, you just spent got the whole time going, to say what off. we were doing yes. just so you
1: <laughs> so, so. yeah. That's oh. why I sit in the middle now. <laughs> The story was, after 37 years, an Australian computer expert has proved that Neil Armstrong did not fluff his lines when he became the first man to walk on the moon in 1969. He was always believed to have said, that's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind, rather than the grammatically correct, one small step for a man. Analysis of the tape showed that he spoke the word at ten times too fast a speed to be audible. And I have to say, if there's anything that gets my goat, it's people who insist on talking much too fast. Um, (laughs) Clive, which religious shrine can't duct the issue of repairs any longer?
3: Oh, I, thought, I, I know what it is, but I thought for a moment you were talking about this goddess, a Hindu goddess who was in the Thames uh, this week. Did they which...
5: manage to get her back out to sea? <laughs> 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 the crowds of well-wishers saying, come on, flipper, you can yeah. do it.
3: <laughs> no, it's Canterbury Cathedral. Which apparently is very old, which has uh, surprised everybody. And uh, because it's old, it needs a few repairs. But they don't half mount up. It's not just we need to raise 20,000 pounds for the organ loft. There's the a whole new organ required for seven million pounds or something. The roof's falling in. That's 20 million. It's some vast something, something like a billion pounds just it's to repair the buildings.
1: Seven point five million to replace the lead roof, or failing that, 500 pounds to drive two lorries to York Minster
2: in the middle of the night. Yeah. <laughs> I remember where I was when I heard this story, actually. I was... (laughs) I was holding Thomas Beckett's hand.
1: (laughs) Now, top that,
4: Sandy.
1: Nine million pounds needed to renovate the cathedral organ, uh, whose bossa nova setting hasn't worked since the 8th century. I think think the
5: Archbishop just got the yellow pages out and rang the number that were registered (laughs) And they come round and go... Oh, she's all going to have to go all this, look, see.
3: <laughs> By the time they get it all done, Wembley Stadium will need rebuilding again. <laughs> so
1: if they could get those builders in from the Wembley Stadium, they we could have it ready for the second coming. <laughs> <laughs> it is a £50 million uh, pound fundraising campaign which has begun to try to save the crumbling Canterbury Cathedral, a fifth of whose pillars are bound with duct tape. Uh, Jeremy, how will stolen phones set thieves' ears ringing?
5: They're producing phones with a screaming device on it. So what happens is you're on a train or something and you hear this screaming noise and you realise that somebody among you has stolen a mobile phone. So you carry out a citizen's arrest, as we all do. (laughs) All right, son, do the sensible thing. Give me the phone. He says, back off. Back off, copper. Come on, legs. Come on. It's not worth it. Give me the phone. I'll text. I'm prepared to text. <laughs> I think it's a fantastic
3: idea. It, just, it needs more of it, though, because I, I, I'm always losing things like this, and the phone that told me it was stolen would be great, but I, when I'm looking for it, where's my phone? I want it to shout out, I'm in your other jacket pocket, you stupid old fool. It's upstairs. Come up here. Come and find me up here. Or, whoa, you've left me in the back of the taxi. I, that, that's an ideal thing, and I want all my other things to do that. My if the keys could do it, my phone, my watch. <laughs> Why are you looking at me as though I'm some mad person? Everybody doesn't. Can <laughs> we all do this? It's sad when sure. people get to this age. Yeah,
6: right? yeah. <laughs>
4: Do you know another,
2: he's actually too old
6: for grumpy old men? It screams if it's been stolen, but if you've just mislead it, it just goes in a huff.
1: <laughs> Security experts have devised a system which triggers a high-pitched screech on a mobile phone if it's stolen. And uh, previously, you could only get really the sort of same effect uh, if you rung up Cherie Blair and told her Gordon wanted to pop round and measure for curtains. <laughs> Before we reveal the final scores, let's hear the cuttings the teams have brought along. Clive. Uh, this is from Friday Ads
3: Pets column, sent in by Max Ross of Worthing. Five half pedigree British Short Hair kittens for sale. Mum, British Short Hair Blue. Dad, Moggy.
6: Lucky I didn't catch him. Pray. This has been sent in by Daniel Gibbard, and uh, it's not strictly out of a newspaper, it's from a website. They looked at the Met Office website, and here's what it says. For winter 2006-2007 forecast, temperature over much of the European region. The situation is now finally balanced with approximately even chance that the winter will be colder or warmer than average.
1: <laughs> Jeremy.
5: This was sent in by Maggie Box of Wimbledon, not far from Dorking, and it's from The Times. A man caught at the airport with six eggs from endangered species hidden in his underwear was fined 25,000 Australian dollars. Wayne Floyd was about to fly to Bangkok when a customs officer noticed a suspicious bulge. A judge rejected his claim that he wanted to surprise his girlfriend.
1: <laughs> now let's take a look at the final score. Uh, Andy and Clive have got 11, but this week's winners are Jeremy and Fred with 15. And. Before we leave you, here's an advert from the Sydney Morning Herald, sent in by Alan Mackey.
0: Brothel in Sydney. Investment opportunity. Established over 15 years. Ten rooms, two reception areas, two waiting rooms. Front and rear entrance.
1: (laughs) And with that, goodbye. (laughs)
0: Taking part in the news clips were Andy Hamilton, Clyde Anderson, Jeremy Hardy and Fred Macaulay. In the chair was Sandy Togsworth and the news is read by me, Charlotte Green. The chair script was written by Simon Litchfield, Rodney Crooks and John Finnamore. And the producer was Katie Tyrrell.